Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Dan and we're going to talk about embedded finance. Embedded finance has become sometimes an overused term, but Dan is a pragmatic entrepreneur who provides infrastructure to many trading platforms that are players in the embedded finance space. So we're going to hear for real what's going on in this space, what has potential and what maybe doesn't, including investing with social media companies or on their platforms. Is that legal at all or not? How does that work? So welcome, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing absolutely great. How are you? Great. Let's dive into it. What is your background? I always want to know, how did you get to do what you do today? Because many times or almost all the time, I envy you as entrepreneurs on the podcast, right? So how did you get to do what you do today? I am a chemical engineer. I did a bachelor's in chemical engineering and then did a master's in computer science. And then I started out working in the typical technology st- sector. In the, in the in, By 1996, I was working in the technology sector. What always drove me is what I learned from my parents in the sense that I had a tremendous amount of encouragement from my parents to try something early. So that was a big part of my motivation. So I and I started a few companies. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I did some really good companies, some ones I learned from. That's a better way to say I could have done better. I, it helped me overall. It helped me overall to become a better, smarter, and more disciplined entrepreneur. I had a successful career. I was an entrepreneur, then went back in the job market. I, I was a CIO for a couple of billion-dollar firms. And then eventually, by the late two, 2000s, I got into the financial services sector. I was a CIO and part of the core team. That is what is to, that was trading at that time. Now, what is Ally Investors a part of Ally Bank? That is a business that we were a part of, and that that we had a company had a great exit. And by 2013, 14, myself and a, and a few of my close friends felt like the way financial services are being delivered are totally going to get unbundled. That everything that we see and consume in financial services are going to be replaced by more agile, nimble offerings that will be much closer to the customer experience. So that was the idea that led us to build what we call as Tradier. Today, we have grown to be one of the larger API players in the market. Embedded finance is the way we consume it today. We support over 310 companies. We process tens of billions of dollars of assets every month. That's the story. It's a very simple idea that a foresight that that we thought that the way financial services that were consumed were going to be replaced and unbundled by younger, nimble, agile offerings that will be closer to what customer wants was the vision and it paid, it paid itself. I see. Let's dive into this and be a bit more specific if you can. What is embedded finance? People define it as a finance embedded in other activities. I don't go do banking, but I'm hanging out on Facebook and I decide to actually, I should pay back my friend for dinner we shared last night or something like this. So can you give us some more examples of this space and where are you focusing on? 
See, embedded finance in general is a very simple construct. The idea that you can embed a financial microservice, whether it's investing, whether it's trading, whether it is buying, whether it is sharing money, anything that is actually a financial transaction or something that has to do with people's finance, if you can figure out a way to embed that into non-financial or sometimes even other financial services without having to actually build all that infrastructure is what is called embedded finance. A very simple example of it is this. Let's say you're reading an article on Financial Times. People come to it for all kinds of content, daily news, daily market data, daily insights, for everything that helps them with their financial needs. If you can figure out a way to actually let people buy and sell stocks from the Financial Times website or it could be any other website on the face of the earth, then all of a sudden you have taken a typical content and media site and you have embedded the capability for people to act on it and make a financial transaction. So now you've embedded a financial aspect into a non-financial typical content. No, very honestly, it could be something as simple as you're reading an article on the People magazine and you talk about somebody's talking about a company and then you can actually buy shares in that company. So that kind of bridging of the ability to consummate a financial transaction for a platform that is outside financial services without having to actually build that entire infrastructure just purely by embedding that functionality into it is called uh, what we call as embedded finance. So the whole idea is embedding finance into anything and everything you can think of. For example, if you're on Facebook, if you're and it's already in there, if you're on Facebook and Facebook decides to basically decides to come up with its own currency, that's embedded finance, right? And so you, it takes its own shape. But what we and companies like Tradier do, we particularly focus on the ability for anybody, for example, you for the ability of any connected platform on the face of the earth, if you want to embed the ability to buy and sell securities anywhere on the face of the earth, we let you do that through our APIs. You can just take an API, APIs from, from embedded finance platforms like ours and build that kit. So obviously your name, Tradier, suggests that you're focusing on trading. So what is the problem you're solving? You said that, okay, the financial services will be unbundled, but why? As a user, do I care if it's bundled or unbundled? I have certain pain points that I want somebody to sort out. So what are those and why are they worth solving? Yeah, see, it's fascinating here. I don't know if you ever bought this. If you ever bought a share or if you're a trader or if you're interested in the financial markets, in most cases, your interest in a particular company does not come when you're inside the brokerage platform. You're actually reading something, you're coming across something, or you're watching something on, it could be any connected device or a set-top box. If you can build the capability that people can act on their financial insight, where they get the idea to buy or sell something, then it offsets the traditional brokerage model. If they go to a typical brokerage firm, the Schwab's, the Fidelities, the E-Trades, or any of these folks, even the Robin Hoods, I know they've offlaid, there have been a whole bunch of changes in the market. But if you think about all these firms, they're all vertical. They provide the capability to invest from their website or from their platform or from their app or whatever it is. If you think about the way that you can actually interact and buy and sell, security so any place anywhere anytime then you're unbundling that capability so that's what we do so we in reality what we do is we let 
anybody function as an investing platform by taking the capability to invest in them. So, for example, if you're able to trade from the Wall Street Journal, that will be an example of, of an embedded finance. So today we serve over 300 plus companies. We are one of the largest advanced trading volume producers in the market. We do a lot of trading from a lot of platforms. We have the single largest accumulation of platforms under a single API. And, and the problem we solve, I always say this whenever we speak to people, is we take trading where the idea occurs and not, and we change the model for people having to carry their idea to where the trading is. So that's what we did. All right. So let's say I'm reading a Wall Street Journal and I want to buy a particular stock. How does that work? So what they do... Do I need to enable some connections, data feeds, like on Apple Health and your your smartwatch or something like this? Or what's behind the scenes that needs to happen so that you can trade like this? Do it. So let, let's say you're on mynews.com. I'm just I'm just come trying to come up with a generic site, right? And you're let's say you're reading about Microsoft. I'm just making the name of a company, and you want to interact. It's as simple as clicking a trade a buy button on top of that website. So the website or the platform provider has to enable the capability to trade from their platform. And what they gain from that is that the customer never leaves them. So if you take a look at the industry right now. People gain their knowledge from their social, mobile, analytical research, content, news, whatever they get their insights from. They then leave that platform and then they go somewhere to actually place the trade. So what we do is when we bridge that gap, we offer these guys the capability on top of our APIs to build a very simple buy now or sell now button. They become the complete end-to-end platform. So for most of our news providers or content providers or platforms, it, they become a one-stop shop, not only to produce the idea, but also to act on the idea. And we basically assemble all those walls. So it, it creates convenience uh, and value for the end customer. It creates retention and stickiness for the platform. At the end of the day, this is the original vision of the company is to replace the traditional vertical brokerage model with an unbundled, any place, anywhere, anytime model. But as a an individual, before I trade the first time, do I need to sign up anywhere or how does that work? It's very simple. You click on it, it'll tell you, do you have an account? If you don't have an account, you go through a four-step process to basically create an account and fund your account, and then you can trade. Or if you already have an account, you just connect it and then trade. That's it. But in many countries, you have restrictions about marketing of securities to individuals, to retail investors. So how does that work? Right. So basically, the way that works is any platform that gets connected to trade here. So the or what we do is we have expertise in the company to basically identify the minimum. So compliance in general has a couple of layers. Number one is there is disclosure and disclaimer requirements. Uh, there is display and, uh, and authenticity requirements. And then on top of that, there is awareness and data requirements, right? So what we tend to do is we, whenever a platform reaches us or wants to offer the capability to trade, we weigh those layers of compliance on based upon which countries or which country or countries they operate. And we ensure that they're following the local structure. In some cases, they need to be regulated in the local country. In some cases, they don't need to be. Different countries have different policies. And our compliance team verifies that they actually are following those local or international policies. And then we give them the capability to trade. And once they build the capability, it passes through compliance again. So for example, for example, I was in India a couple of days ago. India does not permit options trading, right? Options is still not allowed. Platform providers of India just don't offer options. They offer pure, pure, you know, pure 
clean straight security. So yeah, so every platform that comes to us, we identify the requirements based upon their location and their and also their offering and also their registration that they have they may or may not be able to do a few things and, and our compliance team controls and verifies that and as an api stack we have the capability to monitor on, on any platform what's really going on all right can you mention some trading platforms that you work with or yeah we basically do trading view to stocks trade all charts so one one option trading, Rockwell trading, literally we pretty much dominate that space. We are the single largest accumulation of trading platforms. So you can go um, and find the platforms, but the, the, some of the popular ones are eSignal, some of the Nizy platforms, TradingView. We dominate the derivative space pretty much. We cover 60-70% of the total derivative, pro, derivative platforms in the market, mostly options. I and mean, we cover a lot of algo, social, mobile, web. If you just go to the Apple App Store and search for Duo Trader or the Google App Store and search for Duo Trader, you'll find literally tens and tens of apps over there which are connected to us. All right. So maybe just to finish of finish the loop on this. So you say, okay, I'm reading a paper, an article online. I like what's going on there. Uh, that's why I decide to buy shares of Microsoft or say Nvidia or for the sake of argument. <laughs> Within this a- API, I can trade and it feels like I haven't left the website, but I did because I have to you trade did. through that other platform. And then it kicks me back to the new site or what? Yeah, so there are a couple of ways to do this. We offer a full-fledged API and we also offer some embedded HTML kind of a, what we call as a white label product. And you can do to the different companies implement different versions of this and some implement a combination of versions of this. You can technically go ahead and build through an API a full trading platform without having to leave the platform at all. That's the API integration. We use standard op 2.0 and you can pretty much we give you everything that you need in order to build that last mile experience. A cust- your customer has to never leave the platform. In a self-directed trading, a customer never has to leave the platform. And depending on your entitlement, you could open an account, fund an account, view balances, positions, holdings, activity, and do pretty much any kind of trading that we permit. We also offer a shortcut for people not to having to build trading platforms all the time. So we offer them an embedded ML5 widget, which people embed into their platforms. So it's so people choose what is more convenient and best suited for it. The large trading platforms are originally already have tens of thousands of traders use the APIs. Mostly the content sites tend to use you know, embedded HTML modules. So yeah, people do it both ways. All right. So you mentioned that you dominate this space. So can you also give us a little bit of a feel for how does this trade floor look like? So what asset classes are we talking about? How big are these trades, right? Is this, I guess, still targeting retail investors? And it leads me to another question. And sorry if it sounds skeptical, but when I talk to startups these days, everybody wants to build a platform, right? Not necessarily an infrastructure platform, but a two-sided marketplace or something like this. And the business plans are always about, we're going to have 100,000 customers by the end of the month and 1 million by the end of the year, and it's not going to be a problem. But it sounds like here there are many players, so it's quite fragmented, right? So in order to be successful, you need to be one of the top five across several asset classes in the long term, because it's great to be nimble and uh, and responsive to your customer needs. But I'm just worried that once you actually have to make a profit, then you may resemble an incumbent that has been here for 150 years, but they have 250 products. So yeah, yeah. how does this uh, the deal flow or, or trading flow look like and, and the space? 
Now that's a fair question. We are a much later stage company, right? We have been in business for nine years at this time. On a right. given day, on a given day, we process close to hundreds and millions of shares every day. We pretty much we do a big percentage. We do we do we, in percentage we do a big chunk of the retail options volume in the U.S. So we were we're slightly a much more later stage company, highly profitable. We are we are co. We are one, Fidelity is one of our largest investors. We have been in the business for a long time. Coming to your question, right? Coming to your question. See this. See globally, there are about 15 million funded accounts which are custodied in the U.S. markets. Right, out of 115 million accounts, and I myself have been in the space for 16 years myself. This is my second brokerage firm that I've launched, or, or sorry, I've been a part of. So the key here is right. So this is very simple. It's it is this. I've been I've built API businesses in the past. The way to build, see, two-sided marketplaces happen. Two-sided marketplace is a part of a monetization strategy. I always believe that. But at the end of the day, the core fundamentals of the infrastructure have to have adoption. And so we are purely an infrastructure play. We are not in the last mile. We, we don't go ahead and we don't go ahead off. We don't want to be in the last mile. We let our partners be the last mile. So we are largely what we call as a consolidated infrastructure play. And to answer your question, and that's on a, on a, just to give you some perspective, on a given day, if you think about the U.S. markets, roughly around 22 million retail trades occur. We are completely retail. Out of the 22 million retail trades, around 17 million trades occur from people who who basically trade more than 10 times in a given month. And people who trade more than 10 times in a given month basically tend to use multiple sources to basically go ahead and create their trading strategies. And you understand when it comes to that kind of trading, it's not about buying a share and selling a share. It gets a whole lot more complicated than that. So what will happen is people do OCOs, OTOs, one cancel others, triggers, right? TWAPs, BWAPs, options, single leg, multi-leg. Um, I, I actually had done a few interviews. I was along on CNBC too about the graduation effect in the market. So the pandemic had basically forced a lot of people and some part of the meme stock rallies and everything that you hear is a part of a massive graduation effect where people are trading much more advanced instruments than they ever did. That's where we come into play is that we are giving capability, we are democratizing that advanced access. So we support, you know, Pretty much all every U.S. listed security we actually support stocks, ETFs, options, mutual funds, anything that's listed in the U.S. markets we support. Sure. Look, I'm sold on you. I was more thinking about the 250 clients you have, and it's tough for you to, to comment on. But it seems like a big number for me, right? Depending on yeah. if you tell me like this, not this is not only in the United States, right? You think about it. You just count, start counting now, right? Most of the growth that we have seen for us is largely based on the U.S. markets. And if you think about where these traders get an insight, right, they get it from so many places. They get it from charting platforms. There are probably around close to, close to 3,000 known charting platforms on the Internet. Pretty much, we enable those four folks to click from a chart and trade. If you think about analysis, research, content, news signals, how many providers are there all over the globe? Who actually provide a trade signal, a trade ideas get distributed. Hundreds and thousands of those guys. So some are small, some are big. They're big ones, they're small ones. And we have basically gone ahead and looked at a, a three-way approach of this market in the sense that a retail investor seeks out for content. And content can come in, in the form of a chart or it could come in terms of a strategy or it could come in terms of an algo. And then they want to act on it. We enable them to act in a way they're able to create that or act where they really are. Yeah, so you have to understand the fundamental fact that if that 
that there are the three kinds of traders globally people who trade zero to three times people who trade three to ten times in a given month and people who trade more than ten times so the firms like Robinhood or the acorns or the stashes much of the struggling market today that you see is the folks who are generally tending zero to three trades right that section of traders who get engaged more than three times and more than ten times they are out always doing research and trying to find trade ideas and act immediately on it so that's where in our version of the embedded finance we have seen growth largely coming we do support a lot of these simple apps so all right understood in the beginning i touched on the fact that social media also offer investing products or ads for investing in this or that or i see ads now for investing in the porsche ipo i don't know why i wasn't googling out for anywhere for porsche or anything like this so maybe they know more than i do so what are your thoughts on this is this a place where you should Think about investing Facebook or Instagram or something like that. We are I say this all the time. We are in the business of providing the capability, right? We don't really want to have a perspective on what is a good investment and what really is not. But see, there's a difference, right? There's a difference between see embedded finances, like you said, the capability for for example, a social media platform to basically go ahead and say people are talking about stocks or people are talking about cryptocurrencies or people are talking about some asset class and I want them to be able to act on it. And so they just build that capability and with, from their platform to basically do that. You There's quite a bit of what, so the platform has to enable that capability and want to serve their customer in that for it to be embedded finance. What sometimes there could be confusion is just purely display ads that sometimes look like an offered platform, which are basically saying, so if you're saying invest in a pre-IPO, it's probably more than likely just, just, a, just a promotion of, a, of an IPO or that occurs sometimes and that that's, so I would basically always advise people is to a big chunk of what investors should do, online investors particularly, is I think that the markets have changed, right? You don't really have the markets anymore that we had since 2016. Starting 2016, 25 million funded brokerage accounts got pumped into the market. The markets pretty much went one way, right? There was there is no looking back. So it got a lot of young millennials and youngsters and first-time investors to come into the market. A lot of them have graduated and become sophisticated, disciplined traders. So I... I do want to basically, and we conduct a lot of education in the market. We have partnership with CBOE. We conduct about seven to 10 events all over the globe ourselves. Education is key. So I really encourage, encourage investors to basically be educated because you're now dealing with a bearish market, right? And it's not bullish anymore all the time. Right. So obviously you said that you focus on retail investors right so it's a b2c business do you have a b2b angle to your business model as well selling a no, trading floor to somebody or insights from aggregated trades or something like this is that possible or not no we don't actually so we are largely like any other api business we are largely b2b right every we don't go and seek customers we are in like i said we are an infrastructure player. okay so we don't got it, got it. so we don't go and seek customers it's mostly we uh, on a given day you're taking 50 60000 trades from so many platforms so they're all customer they're all coming from accounts they're all coming from users of that specific platform so we are largely a b2b play we have just started getting into what I call as an enabling B2C play, where the idea is that we are just letting, we're starting to offer a small marketplace where people can pick and choose which platforms they want to trade. Because 
as we have grown, we have seen that traders want to use more than one platform in many cases. So we're just giving them the choice and the capability to do that. We are largely, we are largely a B2B player. All right. You talked about API that you provide. Feel free yes. to throw in some buzzwords as well here. What does that mean? What do people get when they sign up with you? Is that a simple subscription and then they just get a code and they plug it in into their website yeah. and then it works? It's very simple. See, an API is it's called an application programming interface. What it does is it does all the heavy lifting for you. Let's So... What APIs do and I, in, in, I have been in the API space for a long time. I've launched the first brokerage API as far as I uh, from what we have ever seen. So I've been a kind of, we, we and the, the founding team have been a big forf, part of the forefront of this. See what APIs do is it lets you build within, inside your system, build an application and connect that interface to something that does all the work for you. And that's what APIs do. They do all the heavy lifting and just give you the, just take the question and give you the answer. And so what, so for example, you can just put a small trade button and then send a trade and you get the answer. So that's what our trade APIs do. It's very simple. A customer comes in, he says, I want, I want to build a platform. He goes to the website, he signs up for the sandbox. And he gets some sample keys to play with. He says, oh, now I like it. I think I can really build something out of it. Then he contacts our sales and our sales folks basically go ahead and give him access to an API he can build a more permanent product on. Tradio doesn't charge for its APIs. We provide the APIs for free. So how do you make money? The way Tradio makes money is very similar to Fidelity or a Schwab or an E-Trade or an Ameritrade make money is through largely three things. Number one, is on some asset classes we charge for commissions for trading and mostly on interest-based and other rev- uh, and other back office revenues. We custody hundreds of millions of dollars from of retail assets right now. All right, one more follow-up question on this API. Sometimes people talk about customization. You say you start with an API, but oh, but our code is different. Our setup is different. Can you customize it? Can you do this or that? Are you involved in this as well, or you are really? Pushing through, okay, we are a product company, not consultants. No, no, CRC, REST-based APIs have become the standard in the market. There's some conversation about GraphQL coming in place some other day. Right now, pretty much every bank, every financial institution, Twitter, Facebook, Google, REST has become uh, the de facto standard to build APIs. The advantage REST has is you can now connect any connected device. doesn't matter. It could be as simple as COBOL. To somebody doing Python, you can pretty much connect any platform to it. So what it does is it takes, makes the front side of the, or the front office that we tend to call it historically, almost what I call as independent of what happens on the back. And REST is that protocol that makes it happen. So we offer REST-based APIs. There are two ways. Companies can come and they can start using our API, which are very simple. We document and provide you guys all the training to use the APIs. But if you seek help, there are, we have a lot of what we call as uh, some very good, large third-party vendors who will build that capability for you. Yeah, so we have a combination of both, but our primary business is not providing professional services or anything like that. We have partners who do that. We focus largely on infrastructure as a service or brokerage as a service and that is delivered through APIs. Got it. But if it's needed, then you can point clients to consultants who can do this for them. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah, mostly the larger banks, larger institutions tend to use it. 
a lot of startups basically figure it out themselves. So you get to, yeah. on a given week, we launch like two companies, three companies in a given week. So you did mention how you make money, but how big is your team? And maybe we should have started with this. You are based in the US, but how big is your team and which states or are you also planning to expand on your international presence? What are your plans to scale up? We have been scaling quite. I mean, the, the pandemic and what's happening now have produced tremendous scale for the firm because the markets are so volatile. So it drives a lot of active investing. And we have been a part of the beneficiary of that. So it's been a great last couple of years. Most firms who are in this space like we do, right, have actually benefited from the retail interest in securities that have prior to the pandemic and have got fueled during the pandemic. We take accounts from roughly 68 to 70 countries and across the globe. We've got customers all, all over the globe. As a team, we are still less than 63 people. We are an infrastructure player, right? We just we are not providing all the last mile services that we do. So we largely focus on what we do. And our clients and platforms are pretty much anything that is not sanctioned, any country that's not sanctioned by the US government. We probably have a client around in that country. All right, wonderful. So before we go, let me ask you two easy questions. But one is building on what you just said before, is that the education is key when you're trading, right? So you better know what you're doing because the outcomes are not guaranteed, to say the least. That's a standard disclaimer in each and every country. So you need to be aware of the risks as well. So what is your favorite business book? And it can be related to trading or something else, but something that you would like to recommend to people. And maybe it is linked to the content that you provide as part of educational activities you have. There's a gentleman by the name Chris Keeney. He's a professor out of Princeton who wrote a book about personalities that drive growth. Um, that you know, this is really a, an analysis-based way of actually looking at what motivates people to create companies and what type of personalities can accelerate growth. Uh, that has been a that has been an interesting read for me. I've always enjoyed browsing through that all the time. Yes, you said that's my favorite read. But in general, coming back to your earlier point, I like I said, putting the disclaimers aside, I I, I think it's good to become investing investing in the markets is probably the only global way to invest. And people should invest early, learn early, try not to fail, but fail early if they can. And then actually end up becoming a more disciplined, structured investor. There's, there is no guaranteed win and there is no guaranteed loss. I think it's, it, it's about being disciplined. That's all. Great, great advice, of course. So if people would like to know more about Tradia and whether that relates to trading or building an infrastructure, making sure that your platform is embedded where the potential investors are, what's the best way to reach out? The best way to reach out is to basically just go to www.tradier.com and and we so and if you just you can call us on the number that's there or you can just fill up the form and someone will give you a call. That's the most constant way people reach out. Plus, at the same time, if you send an email to sales@tradier.com, somebody from sales will get back to you immediately. So yeah, you can call the number on the website. It's it's, it's that's there. The support page that's there, and also you can just send an email to sales@tradier.com. Either way, we will get back to you immediately. All right. Thank you. And uh, good luck to trade here. <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you.
Thank you.